Soaring in from high above Eastern Michigan University, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast with your hosts, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Central Connecticut State coming out. They're getting ready to punt. The punter, Brandon DeSottles, will be standing at his own 35-yard line. Dylan Drummond, back deep for Eastern Michigan. He's standing at his own 10-yard line. Eastern Michigan, we'll see if they can get pressure on this punt. Here's the snap. There's the punt. Sexton blocks it. Sexton has it. To the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Eastern Michigan. With 10 seconds on the clock, Eastern Michigan has pulled off a miracle at right near Stadium. Well, you play every down, and that's why you play it, and we certainly will hear that in every aspect today as you're joined inside the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Steiner. And I'm Alex Jewell. Well, Alex, did you check your pulse? Are you still upright and breathing following Saturday's performance at Rainierson Stadium? There was moments during Saturday's performance where I'm sure I stopped having a pulse briefly. Greg, it was for sure one of the most interesting games that we've ever been a part of. I know I speak for having close to five years experience and you well more than that, but between power outages in the press box and on campus, weather delays, coming down to the last second, it was certainly a thrilling victory in the home opener for Eastern Michigan football, opening up Ryan Earson for the 50th year. What an interesting way to start it. Yeah, that would not be a term I would use, but interesting will will be the one we'll go with. But it was a, a testing moment for everybody involved, and more importantly, the Eagles passed the test because Matthew Sexton came through with a block that was returned for a touchdown with just 10 seconds to go as Eastern Michigan knocked off Central Connecticut State 34-29 to improve to 3-1 and one on the year, a bye week this week. But that doesn't stop us. We still sat down with head coach Chris Creighton to get his thoughts on the game that was. And more impressively, I'm joined by the man who spent the final 11 minutes and 36 seconds on his cell phone calling the game. That's Tom Helmer, the voice of the Eagles he had a unique view, and he joins me for the sit-down with Coach Creighton. I figured I at least had to be able to give him some form of technology to be able to speak properly into after his adventures as well on Saturday afternoon. It was like some sort of crazy game show. Everybody just in a rush and a panic on Saturday, but Tom stepped up to the plate in a big way. He's an ultimate professional, as we all know, and he literally, I rushed into the radio booth and said, give me the cell phone, give me the cell phone. We're calling into the radio station because it wasn't, the, the technology wasn't working, but he literally stepped up, called the last 11 plus minutes, like you said, on his cell phone. And we're happy to have him in here today to talk to Coach. And I'll guarantee you the recording today is a little bit more clear because we had our full uh, technology spread that we were able to use. But uh, Tom certainly still gave us what will go down as one of the most historic calls in Eastern Michigan football history, despite it coming from a cell phone. And I'm not going to say what cell phone it was because I'm not going to give anybody a free advertising plug. They're going to have to uh, go through IMG if they want to do that. Yes, especially hit them up. Uh, Rachel would love to have you as a corporate sponsor if you want to join this broadcast or any of our other broadcasts. We also have uh, some other sports that went on over the weekend. Volleyball was down in West Lafayette, Indiana where they beat Texas A&M Corpus Christi to begin the weekend. They went 1-2 and two on the weekend. They're open up Mid-American Conference play coming up this week. We also saw the likes of cross-country. They were split 
a little bit differently is men's cross country. They were at Indiana State. Meanwhile, the women's team, they were out in Boston to finish seventh in their highest ever finish in that event. Uh, so two very quality moments for our cross country programs. And then soccer, they wrapped up the non-conference portion of the schedule on Saturday, a tough 1-0 loss in overtime to Loyola Chicago. And I know you get to talk uh, a little bit with Mabel Dunn, the goalie today, on what's transpired so far in the non-conference portion of the schedule. Yeah, Mabel Dunn has been absolutely spectacular for the Eagles thus far this season. You know, in her last three games, she's held opponents to one goal or less. So the soccer team's got to help her out a little bit, get the offense going. But she's really confident going into Mac play. They open up Mac play coming up this week. We also will talk a little bit more next week about it, but uh, women's golf will be in action back at home. The Shirley Spork Invitational will happen next uh, Monday and Tuesday. You can catch that out at Eagle Crest. The women's golf team today wrapping up action up in East Lansing. Meanwhile, the men, they'll be in action back next week. And before we know it, it'll be time to hit the hardwood as well as basketball right around the corner starting September 30th, a week from today. They'll hit action for real as both head coach Fred Castro and uh, Rob Murphy back at it. As you can get their schedule online at emueagles.com or if you want, go online and purchase season tickets right now. Absolutely. We've got to fill the Convocation Center. Uh, season tickets on sale. EMU basketball is something uh, very special. Obviously, we all know the, the great history that it has. And, you know, hopefully both teams will have a shot at the Mid-American Conference crown. But nonetheless, make sure you're looking out for those uh, schedules and those season tickets. We want to see you here at the Convocation Center. You can come say hi to me and Greg. We'll be here because we live here. And, uh, you know, you're always welcome to talk to us and get the latest news uh, from us directly at the source or while you're listening to the podcast. Alex will even maybe sign autographs or take pictures or anything you want. Uh, uh, just make sure you bring some Dom's Donuts. That's what he really would like to sign. More, It's like Tony Pacos. You go there, they have the hot dog buns. You could sign a, a crawler or a, a sugar-glazed donut if you want, right? Before we toss it to our first segment, more importantly, a guy who played a cop on television, and I'm sure he ate probably a few donuts on the set as well, and that is Dan Florick, and I know a hero to you. Well... Uh, for those of you listening at home right now, I am literally about to start the tears rolling down the side of my face, just like they were on Saturday when we won that game. Dan Flork joining me on the podcast today. It was so awesome to sit down with him. You know, for those of you who don't know, he plays Captain Cragen on Law & Order SVU. He was on for well over 10 seasons, uh, and he is an EMU alum and he came back for the grand opening of the Student Athlete Performance Center. It's really cool, Greg. He talked to me a lot about how now that he's in what he calls pre-retirement, he's going to be spending a lot more time back in Ypsilanti really trying to drop some funds for the university and support in any way that he can. So it's so cool to talk to him. My gosh, it's like starstruck. I don't usually get starstruck because I see Greg every day. You know, he's such a star that I'm just used to it by now. But seeing Dan Flork, wow, it was, it was awesome. We're so happy to have him on. And he teases a little bit in there, but... He might be a, a semi-reoccurring guest at some point for us. Let's hope so. He, if he can solve all the mysteries he does on television, he can certainly solve our woes here in a quick 30-minute span. Well, maybe he'll be able to solve the mystery of the power outages in the press box. But if anybody can do that, they deserve uh, the recognition that he certainly has gotten in his career. It's going to be a great show coming up, Greg. And so as soon as we get back from the break, we'll hear from Coach Creighton sitting down with you and Tom, and then the rest of the show from there. 
bye week for Eastern Michigan as they get to enjoy a little rest following a victory in dramatic fashion over Central Connecticut on Saturday at home. Joined by head coach Chris Creighton. Coach, you've had a few days to process what went on emotionally. Quite the roller coaster you, your program and team went through in just a matter of, of seconds. Uh, what What's still going through your head after moments like that? There, there's a lot of positive from the first month, a lot of positive from that game. Um, and then there's, you know, things where you just immediately know that there's a lot to do and a lot of work to do. And but that's a good thing. That's, you know, that's not surprising. You know, I think that we feel good if you would have said any time in the offseason, you know, hey, three and one coming out of your your non-conference schedule, we would have felt pretty good about that. Um, and so that that's where we sit right now. My question is, why was this game so close? It seemed like a game that maybe Eastern Michigan should be more dominant in, but it goes right down to the wire. Just your take on why this was such a tight game. Well, I would answer that by asking why you think that we should be dominant in a game like that. Well, I would answer that by saying it's, you're an FBS school. They're an FCS school. Uh, you're coming off a big win against Illinois. There's a lot of momentum as far as Eastern Michigan. And I guess from a fan perspective, you, you maybe you look at the media and you say, well, wow, this team's favored by four touchdowns. This seems like maybe this should be an easy game for Eastern Michigan. I think it's a fallacy. Um, and and that is part of the problem. Um, because anytime that, you know, you start thinking that, a division or the color of a helmet, you know, is going to make you better or worse. There's no truth in that. And so did we play our best and inspired football? No. Did Illinois? You'd have to ask them. I doubt that they would say that that's the best game that they've played in the last 10 years and just came up short. So, you know, it's 18 to 22 year olds and nobody asked me who picked the score of that game asked me what I thought that I remember anyway. So I don't know if that's a 14 year old (laughs) sitting behind his desk and people just read it, you know, or, I mean, do they know the experts that are the ones that are saying that? And do they know how much they know? How many practices have they been to? Right. Um, I, you know, so it's, it's really, it's really interesting, you know, how all of that, that builds because we just lived it. We just went and played a power five deal. Um, and outplayed them and won. And then we just played an FCS team and they outplayed us and we were fortunate uh, to win. So that's, you know what I mean? That's right now. So, I, I mean, that's kind of how I would answer that question. Um, you know, you're talking to a guy who played division three football, yeah, who I coached, did too. I did too. coached division three football, um, coached NAI football, non-scholarship FCS. And um, there are guys on each of those teams that could play here at Eastern Michigan. I would say the upside of it too is the expectations are higher now at Eastern Michigan. Maybe five years ago, this doesn't seem like people would think, well, this is going to be a tough game for Eastern. I think the bar has been raised here a lot by you. And I think there are higher expectations. And I think that the students, the fans, the players are learning to live with the new expectations of being an Eastern Michigan football player. And this is part of what comes with it. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree um, uh, with that at all. But, you know, going back to your original question about, you know, why was it a tight game? Right. You know, my answer would be, why wouldn't it be? Um you know, that's why you play the games um, to, to figure those things out. So, um, but yeah, no, I think that, you know, our expectations, again, here's my expectation 
is my expectation is to play really good football every week and to continually get better. Um, that's what my expectation is. And so, and I do believe that when we're able to do that, that we're a pretty good football team and that we're going to have a chance to win those games. But I also know, and I'm going to hold, hold steady to this, yeah. that if, that if we're, we don't, or we're not, um, you know, then, then it's not going to go well, you know, it's not going to go well. And so, and, 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 you know, I couldn't have told you before the game, oh man, our guys are not ready for this. That's, that's not the case. Right. Um, that's not the case. I mean, you know, we ended up, I mean, offensively, shoot, we scored out of three of our first, you know, drives. When we look at it defensively, um, people were doing the right thing and, and playing hard, but there wasn't, you know, the, the passion and the life and the, and the energy. You know, every time they ran the ball or got the ball, they didn't go down on the first hit. They were just straining to win harder you know, than, than we were. And, um, you know, I'm responsible for bringing that out of our guys and, you know, failed, uh, in the end, you know, to really get us at that, at that level. Um, and, you know, the great coaches, there's, there's a lot of different kinds of great coaches or coaching staffs. And, you know, I think of like the Tom Osborne's who just, you know, unfazed, unruffled, and the same thing every week. And, and I always have admired that. Um, and I'm dating myself, but you got, you know, Osborne versus Bill McCartney at Colorado, and he could get those guys to somehow get a fifth down and win a national championship at Colorado, but may have not been consistent, you know, each and every week when they weren't playing someone that were, you know, they were the underdog and I'm probably naturally, you know, more wired like a Bill McCartney, um, but want to be more like, you know, a coach Osborne. Um, and so, but I do think the truly great programs are, have that consistency where it doesn't matter who you're playing. You just do the same thing every week and you are just very, very consistent. Um, the way that I came out of the womb is when someone, you know, says that somebody else is better than us, uh, you know what I mean? Then every hair on my body and every bone inside of my body stiffens up and, you know, that's just how I'm wired. Um, but so, uh, so if, if we as a program in subtle ways that guys may not even know if there's anything less this last week than there was the week before, then I am hurting our program um, because it's sending some kind of message that this isn't as hard or anything like that, you know, in, in that, in that next week. And so, um, listen, I, I understand it's not all about me, but, you know, I'm always self-reflecting about ways that I need to, you know, improve and where we are as a program and, and all of those things. And, um, I, uh, you know, central Connecticut gets the, gets the credit because they were able to coach that part of the game better than us. And, and they schemed us well and they executed and, um, you know, I think they're a good football team. Coach, how much a difference does it make or what do you try to, to do differently in a weather delay situation like you had? I know uh, in your coaching career, you've now had a couple of these, including the first game you ever coached at EMU was a weather delayed game. 
what do you do differently to try to keep those guys going and involved? Because when you're shutting it down for 40 plus minutes in the locker room, it's probably hard to keep focus a little bit. Um, what I would do differently is somehow ask a weatherman or God when lightning was going to strike. And then I would have taken a knee <laughs> right before um, so that, you know, we would have the ball on the fringe, um, but hadn't scored. And then we could go in for 40 minutes hungry, you know what I mean, to, to go and score that next drive um, instead of, I mean, it was just, it was horrible timing um, to score, literally go inside before the kickoff. Um, you know, I don't like 40 minutes of, of feeling good. And for them, it was 40 minutes of, man, we've got to respond and we've got to come back. And so... Um, you know, that's what I would have done differently. I tell you what I told the guys in the locker room was rest your bodies physically. Do not rest your mind. You know, we're in a football game. You got to keep the mental intensity and the focus, but get off your feet because you never know how long these are going to, how long these are going to be. Did you call a punt block? Was that the play designed? Sexton goes unblocked on the play. He'd gotten pressure earlier in the game where he'd almost gotten one grazed the punter. This time he goes unblocked. Was it a punt call or was it just a situation where the guys that were pressuring are Sexton goes unblocked and blocks that punt? No, it was a, definitely a punt okay. block. Yeah. All right, all right. yeah. Yep. It was definitely a punt block. Well done by uh, coach Nunez and, you know, Matt, you know, the thing that I'll say about that and, you know, I've watched it more than once. Um, it looks effortless mm-hmm. and that is a sign of, doing it really, really, really well Um, because it wasn't without effort. Um, But he shot his hands together, you know, low and late. He kept his eye on the ball. He took it off the foot. Um, I mean, it was really well done. And, And I'll tell you this. What did you just say about the one previous? Well, he got knocked off by by Jose. Right. We were expecting a three-man shield and got a two-man shield. So Coach Nunez made a great adjustment on that. So Jose was not outside of the shield on that, but he helped Matt on that. And I could go through every person, but I'll also tell you that Tamarcus Simpson, who lined up right inside of Matt, if you watch him, watch the job that he does of chasing the hip of the man inside of him, which brought their end man on the line of scrimmage down, almost had to dive to block Tamarcus. So both Tamarcus... And Jose, by doing their job at a high level, gave Matt an unimpeded straight line to that punter's foot. And uh, it was just that that's why I refuse to say, like, man, we were lucky to win. Right. You know, I, I, I'll tell you that we were fortunate. I mean, anytime you have 18 seconds and you're down and all that. But Coach Nunez and gang, you know, putting that together, that was not luck. Um, that was really well executed. Um, and I'll even go back the three prior plays. Um, if you want to get me fired up about positives about our football team with a minute 40 or whatever it was left and, and two timeouts, we knew we'd get the ball back with maybe 15, 20 seconds. And that was some of the best football our defense played all day was that last series. Um, well, I'd say the series before the punt, you know, when we got the three and out, mm-hmm. um, there, there was in it, no one was hanging their heads. It was great body language, great intensity, called the timeouts. And, and that allowed us to have the chance to either block the punt or, you know, 
let's say we get the ball on the 20 yard line. Right. Right. I mean, the ball goes in the end zone. I mean, it could be on the three. I get it. But it also could be on the 29. So, um, you know, with 15 to 20 seconds, do you have time to throw uh, potentially over the middle? You know, two 15 or so yard completions, clock stops, clock the ball, and now you're on the 35 yard line. Um, you know, for a 52-yarder, which Chad has proven that that he can do. So um, credit to our guys for, um, you know, believing and, and playing to the very end. Walk us through this week. Now you've had time, time to flush it, move on. You get a bye week at a, a great time, move into conference play, uh, and none other than do they put – Uh, One of your in-state foes, the Central Michigan Chippewas, your next opponent coming up on October 5th, the 3 p.m. kick in Mount Pleasant. Uh, What are you doing now, preparation, knowing that you've got a bye week, coaches can go out recruiting, uh, and some more preparation time for you? So yesterday was normal. Um, Today's normal. Today off for the guys. And we'll practice a couple times. We will get on the road uh, and recruit and really have already challenged the guys academically to – to really crush this week, um, to get ahead, um, and to rest. Uh, you know, we're like anybody we're, we're banged up and, and also we're, we're, you know, a little weary. I mean, just in terms of, you know, the, the road trips were long ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just, you know, when you get back at six thirty in the morning from Kentucky and then you're kicking off at 11 AM the next Saturday after the six hour ride to Illinois, all that stuff, you know, um, and builds up. And, uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a really good time for us. The non-conference is over. It's a great time academically for our guys because, you know, there's some rough stuff right around the corner in terms of midterms coming and first, you know, onslaught of tests and papers and and all that. So we're going to take full advantage. Do I have to flush it? Do I get it? Can I ask any more questions about this one? Uh, you got on the microphone after the game. A lot of people came back after that rain delay. You want to let them know how much you appreciated that. And will any more players be getting engaged during conference play? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> we, we, we might have guys with more girlfriends if uh, you know, Barstool Eagles keeps on showing the one clip. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, it, um, you know, I asked Scott because I said, did you have, did you clear the stadium? I mean, is that a rule? Because I mean, when I came back out, I mean, there was nobody in there and you know, when the, when the crowd doesn't know how long it's going to be and you know, it's already getting late. We started late, you know, it was just, it was obviously it's a bummer. Um, and so, uh, I just didn't know how many people were going to be able to, to wait it out and come back in. And so, yeah, we just, we wanted to thank, um, a lot of people did stay. A lot of people did come back in, and uh, I think it was worth their wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so we want to want to thank them for coming. We appreciate it when people support support us. That's for sure. Coach, we appreciate your time. We'll let you enjoy a few more minutes of uh, b- the bye week, and then we'll be back at it next Monday to get ready for the chips. Sounds good. Thanks. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. Please be 
joined now by EMU alumnus and legend in the acting field, Dan Florin. Uh, you may know him from being popularized on Law & Order SVU, uh, but tonight he's here for the opening of the new Student Athlete Performance Center here on campus. Mr. Florin, just talk a little bit about uh, your time at Eastern and what brings you back today. Well, what brings me back is I'm going to try to get involved with a lot of things to uh, help with the school and uh, raise some money and create more like this. I mean, you know, this is amazing to me. Uh, I'm not much of an athlete, but I've played one on TV. But the thing is, this is where you get healthy, stay healthy and get stronger, you know, and that's what all of this is about. It's about what the whole university is about. And whether you're in engineering or teaching or theater or here, you know, and uh, this is an amazing monument to that. So many people in and around the university understand the impact that it has on really, like you just said, anybody that's in the athletics program, the theater program. But for those who maybe don't know Eastern Michigan University as well, what were some of the things that this university gave to you that led to such a successful career? Well, I think what I remember and what I'm reminded of all the time when I come back is uh, I always had support. I had good guidance. I had people who cared, supported, mentored. And uh, I found that it was a place where it was okay to fail. It was okay to fall down. There was always somebody there to help you get back up and move forward. It's like my dad always used to say in an old coach of mine, it's okay if you fall on your face because you're still moving forward. So when you think about athletics as a whole, and like you said, not necessarily being a student athlete here, but the impact that an athletics facility like this can have on the whole university. Talk a little bit about about how that can extend to a place like the theater or anywhere on campus, really. Well, well, it can. I mean, you just said it. It can extend. What I think is amazing about something like this, too, is there's uh, there's a great deal of revenue that comes from the sports and the uh, student athletes and all of this sort of thing. It's a great place to get together, to cheer to uh, with families. You know what I mean? And when I come back to something like this and look, I mean, I remember. I remember some of this stuff from a long time ago, you know. But it's nice to see this. And again, I think that even this facility, whatever, could help anybody, not just a student athlete, you know. And like I say, to, to uh, stay healthy and to get stronger, I mean, it's what it's about. And the student athletes... Uh, wind up being leaders, I think, for a lot of us. When you see the student athletes get up on the podium on a night like tonight and and talk about how proud they are of this university and how much it'll impact them, are are you proud uh, being here tonight and just seeing the impact that it's had on this generation and generations that will come? Oh, sure. I mean, I was back a year and a half ago for the uh, 60th anniversary of Cork Theater where, where I started, and that brought back all kinds of memories and emotions and remembering what I had done and shows and my dad sitting in the audience, you know, all of that stuff comes back big time, you know, and uh, I find um, I'm proud, you know, I'm proud. I'm grateful, thankful. I think uh, being thankful was a big uh, moment for everybody today, talking about it from the coach and that sort of thing. So I'm I'm thankful to have been here and to be back. Well, stepping away from Ypsilanti, everybody obviously knows you from Law & Order. As for you, what, uh, what are you up to today in, uh, in the acting field and in your career and just in life in general? Well, I'm taking it a little bit easier. I was telling Jill, I'm calling it pre-tirement. <laughs> what I'm doing now is trying to create some of my own uh, projects. Uh, you know, there are so many different things going on. It's not just broadcast television anymore, and there's all this streaming and all kinds of things. Um, I'm going back to the theater and doing a little, like I just did a new play in a little theater in Santa Monica, California. But what it is now is... Uh, 
Well, it is almost like uh, paying forward or paying back and that sort of thing. Uh, I did a lot of stuff. I did a lot of hard work. But now I'm trying to do only what I really want to do and what I find to be uh, challenging. Uh, you know, because the one thing about being an actor, you you know, there's no retirement age, really. You know what I mean? There's always a role uh, for whatever age you are. Joined now by Daniel Florek. I can honestly say from a, a personal standpoint, one of my favorite actors growing up and one of them. America's favorite television shows. I think I speak for everybody in the athletic department and at the university uh, when I say thank you so much for being here today and for taking part and for coming back and, and making Eastern Michigan uh, part of your life today and for helping out as much as you do. Welcome back to the Eastern Insider Podcast. It's been a great episode thus far. You've heard from Dan Florek, of course, from Law & Order SVU. You've also heard from Coach Creighton coming off a big win to get his team to 3-1. and one. But we're not done yet, quite literally, as I'm now joined by redshirt junior Mabel Dunn of the Eastern Michigan soccer team. Mabel, you are heading into MAC play this week on Friday. You're at Miami, then Sunday, taking on Ball State. I know the record may be not reflective of what you guys would like at this point in the season, but how confident are you going into MAC play that the MAC championship is still what you guys expect? I think for sure we'd have we've had a really tough uh, non-conference schedule. We had six road games in a row. But I think these games have for sure prepared us for the upcoming season and just got, gotten us ready for the MAC and what's coming. You've played some really tough teams in the non-conference. You've gone to Michigan State, Louisville. You've played a good Dayton team. Uh, some other teams in there as well. Is playing teams like that a good kind of stepping stone to get you guys ready for conference play? I think for sure we've played some in some really cool stadiums. It's been a really cool experience to play against those teams. It's really motivating to see what these other teams can do. Um, we've gotten a lot of people off the bench, a lot of people in. So. Uh, just being able to use uh, our team fully um, has been really good in these difficult games, for sure. Let's talk about you personally just a little bit. You're coming off of three straight performances where you've held opponents to one goal or less. And, you know, even last week you set a career high in saves at Dayton. So what's been kind of your approach to the season and, and why are you seeing the success that you've had this year? Um, I mean, just having that communication with my back line. I think we have a really good um, connection this year. We've really worked on staying composed in the back line. I definitely give credit to my center backs, Haley and Tessa. They're um, really good at helping me, uh, talking to me. We talk to each other, so it's obviously not just me. To it's One goal games are always really tough, obviously, but um, just trying to stay composed and calm in the back. Yeah, and you guys have played in, in quite a few of those one goal games or games that you know you definitely feel like Maybe a few things here or there could have slipped your way and maybe pulled those wins out. And so when you have tough games like you did to yesterday with Loyola Chicago, of course, losing one nothing in overtime, what's kind of the, the steps that you guys need to take as a team to turn those close losses into wins? I think just communication. We need to talk to each other. We need to stay composed in those final minutes. Uh, Loyola it was the last, I think, 50 seconds of the first half of overtime we got scored on. So just playing to the last second and uh, staying composed through every second and playing till the end. What's Coach Hall's message to your team after a loss like yesterday? 
they told us that, again, this was a difficult preseason uh, pre schedule, out-of-conference schedule that they had, but they really believe that it's going to prepare us for these upcoming MAC games. So they basically said it's a blank slate now, um, zero wins, zero losses. So coming into MAC, it's a fresh start, and we've got to keep our heads up. Even though our record may not look the best, we're going to come in and we're going to shock teams because we really do have talent this year. Right now, we're actually sitting doing this interview in the new Student Athlete Performance Center. Your team's right behind us getting a workout in. What's it been like for you the last couple of weeks to, to be able to call this a, a new part of your home at EMU and to get, get to work out in this beautiful facility and, and get treated in such a fantastic facility? What's it been like? It's been awesome. I think the best thing is just being able to walk right off our field into the new facility and not just have to drive over to the convo. Um, the weight room is incredible. We have a new strength coach, Emily, and she's been really good. Uh, going up to treatment after practice is really easy because it's right there. So just little things like that. Coming into the snack room here, it's just a lot more accessible, better facility. It's just amazing. Something that a lot of people don't know and that I really love about Eastern, especially Eastern soccer specifically, is the game day atmosphere here is really awesome. I mean, people, the fans have a chance to get right up close and personal. They can bring their own chairs. They can sit in the bleachers. It's always such a fun atmosphere. The music's loud. You guys have great home crowds. What about Eastern Michigan soccer should draw the Ypsilanti community out to your games? And what would you say to those maybe on the fence about coming out to, to get them to come out? Like you said, it's a friendly atmosphere. You can sit where you want. You can sit behind the net. You don't have to sit in the bleachers. We get a lot of family out. There's always dogs at the field, which is super fun. Um, you can get right up close to the field. And after our game this week, we did autographs. So you can come talk to the players. I think everyone should come out. It's a free game. Beautiful day, why not come out and watch the soccer? Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. As always, we want to thank you, our listeners, as well as our special guests, Dan Florick, Coach Creighton, and, of course, our student-athlete, Mabel Dunn. Make sure to check us out on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcast, including emueagles.com slash podcasts. Until next week, we say go green, go white, and go Eagles. We'll see you then.